And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade Sim, featuring the Sim Driver, designed with a new radical head shape to make the driver both fast and forgiving where you need it most on the downswing. Sim irons with an improved speed bridge and echo dampening system to deliver a distance iron with forge-like feel. And the Sim Fairway Woods with low CG to help you hit it higher, and a V-Steel sole to launch it even easier out of any lie. Go get fit for Sim throughout your entire bag and experience the effect it's going to have on your entire game. Check it out online at TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. All right, now back with me is 2012 Senior Players Champion Joe Daly. Let me remind you about Joe's background. He's from Chestnut, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Played his college golf at Old Dominion University. He helped lead Old Dominion to a second-place finish in the 1983 Sun Belt Championship. As a senior, he won three tournaments and was named All-Sun Belt Conference. He was twice named Team MVP. He turned pro back in 1991. In 96, he finished sixth at the BC Open on what's now the Corn Ferry Tour. In 97, he won the Louisiana Open. And in 2005, he won the Wichita Open. He qualified for the Champions Tour in 2011. Recorded his first top five in a major, finishing fourth at the 2012 Senior PGA Championship. Later that year, he won the Senior Players Championship in my hometown of Pittsburgh at Fox Chapel Golf Club. He won by two strokes over Tom Lehman, by three over our good friend Olin Brown. In 2014, he finished tied for third at the Shaw Charity Classic. More recently, he finished tied for 23rd at the 2017 Senior Open Championship. And I'm very honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. With everything going on in the world right now, what's it like up there where you're at in Pennsylvania? How are you dealing with all of this? Well, I've got uh, six wood piles. I've got enough wood for the, all of next year right now. And uh, I actually ended up buying an old 96 Ford F-150 to keep me busy to get it dialed in and taking the doors apart. And <laughs> I mean, we're, it's it's uh, ridiculous. I, I, I need something to do or I go stir crazy. My wife actually said that was one of the best things I could have done was buy this old truck and <laughs> tend to it. <laughs> Some of those bolts are pretty tough to get off on a 24-year-old vehicle. <laughs> but uh we're doing well we're uh we're we're hanging in there like everybody else it's uh yeah, I, I mean i wish i could I, I saw a kiddo yesterday when i was at the on uh well actually right at the capitol on the stairs of the capitol after we, we left i saw a kiddo in a titleist hat he was all dressed up ready to go play golf and he had a sign that he wanted to play golf and he plays a junior program and uh, you know whatever the program was his, his wife said and I, or his mom said and I said uh, I said well hey I said buy Ben Hogan's book Fundamentals of Golf it was printed back in 57 that's the one that's the book I referenced my whole life so uh, she said I will and uh, and he was all excited just to be out and about and uh, it, it's got to be crazy for these kids because I know a well, one of my best friends here, <clears throat> his son's plays on the University of Delaware team, and, and all their tournaments were canceled, and they finished their school online, and it's just, it's disappointing, um, not just in golf, but in all sports, really. And, you know, uh, I, but that's what our politicians are telling us what to do, so... Uh, it's very difficult for my wife and I to take, because we're not, 
you know, that's not how we were. You know, you take risk in life and everything you do is a risk. Like, <clears throat> example, you're standing there on a par five and two. You got 247 yards over the lake. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to step up and set up and rip that three wood, knock it on the green, or you're going to lay up over there to the right with with an eight iron and then hit sandwich on the green. I mean, I, I, I just think they've way overblown this. And I have people in my family that are, <clears throat> I have three nurses that are four, actually, that are in, yeah, they are nurses. And, um, and my one uh, sister-in-law, she's, uh, they're probably going to be cutting her back and uh, cutting her hours back because they don't have, there's not as many people coming in. So it's kind of crazy to have the politicians say what they're saying and, and then imposing their will upon us on saying, oh, we got to close these businesses. You can't do this or that. Wear a bandana. You can't go play golf. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really concerned about it, but I'm hoping it'll change quick. Because uh, my pro I talked to, he said that he's hoping on May 8th where they're going to open up back the golf course because everything, I mean, nothing's going on. They, you know, they've cut the greens and mowed the fairways and <clears throat> and stuff so it doesn't get overgrown or tending to it. But, but nobody's there. The whole place is closed down. So when they open up on May 8th, is he giving you any indication of, is it going to be social distancing and one guy to a cart and, you know, no balls go into the hole and all that sort of thing? What's 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 golf and life going to be like on May 8th? Well, from the guys that I've talked to that I know, um, like I talked to one friend, my friend in North Carolina. OK, four guys drive out to play golf. They're all in the same vehicle. All their stuff's there. They show up and then the guy's like, OK, everybody's got to take their own cart. <laughs> And then I talked to my other friend in Salt Lake, outside of Salt Lake, Steve Schneider. And he said, uh, he said, oh yeah, he said, we, you know, disaffected all the carts and we keep the table outside. The shop's closed, you know, and, uh, everybody can play and, 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 you know, they can't touch the pin. They turn the cups upside down. And so they've done everything that they can possibly do. And the range is not open either. Um, but it's just, they're dealing with it and it's different. I heard my friend called me the other day. He says, Oh, we're playing up here in New York. I said, Oh, really? And this is Western New York or, you know, central Western. And, and it's just like, wow, really? I mean, we don't have any of that here. So, um, and there are people from Pennsylvania actually driving up there, although it's a little bit colder, but yeah, it's different everywhere. I wish these people would get their act together so we could actually, everybody could get back to, Having activities, uh, you know, for us, people want to take a walk in different parks and different trails here. And there's like unbelievable. You could look and you could see 40 people riding their bike or run, jogging or walking or just being outside. I mean, this sitting on our duff is not good for everybody, in my opinion. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back to it. And, uh, I, I, I hope they get their act together and, and allow us to do that. So Joe, let's let's talk a little golf and and um, okay. A comment you just made a moment ago. You hit a good drive on a par five. You talk about are you going to be the guy that you got two twenty, two thirty in? You're going to be the guy that hits the three wood to try to go on the green. You're going to be the guy that lays up with an eight iron and then hits a wedge onto the green. So I'm assuming yep. you're the guy that's going to pull the three wood and you're going for it. Is there a situation that you wouldn't? Or is that your mindset? I'm just going to rip it and I'm going to go for the green no matter what. Got to be within your limitations there. And if it's within your yardage and all you got to do is set up well, good posture, 
and make a smooth swing at it, just like you're hitting a pitching wedge. Your full pitching wedge, a stock wedge, and it doesn't matter what club, three wood, five iron, it doesn't matter. And then you just, just hit it solid. And then, you know, it's one of those things where you have to decide in your own mind to say, I'm going to commit to this and then send it. Um, I can remember doing that in Greenleaf in Florida on the one par five where, you know, you're, play, you're playing in a tournament. And, of course, I know, is this within my – yep, that's within my range. Okay, boom, all I got to do is set up, hit it solid, and it all, knock it on the green, have an eagle putt. Whereas there are times when wind conditions or it is what it is, you're not feeling quite confident enough. Well, you can still make birdie. And, you know, it's it's interesting today. I was thinking about golf and what I saw growing up, and there's no golf now. But I remember watching the IVB Golf Classic at White Marsh Valley Country Club in Lafayette Hill, PA, and I'm watching Nicholas. He's on a par five, and he had the three wood, and it's over a creek. So we're all standing there, and what does he do? He makes a swing at it. He tops it. I mean, I I, I looked in the eyes like, oh, my, we're all speechless. So like, oh, my God. Uh, did we just see that? Uh, and he hit it about 25 yards, right? That's how much it rolled. So he moseys up there to his ball. He walks up there and he talks his caddy a little bit and he pulls out a one or two iron and then he rips that and he knocks it in there about four feet. Boom, makes birdie. I mean, I was just like, wow. <laughs> and then I follow, I kept following him and he ran in and he ran a string of birdies five or six holes in a row. It was just, oh my gosh. I just, uh, I mean, but that's what, inspired me when I was, uh, you know, a kid growing up. I mean, it's one thing to watch golf on TV like we all have through the years, especially being from up north and you're watching them play in Hawaii or California or Florida. I mean, it's freezing, snowing, whatever. I mean, and it's, it's, it's just one of those things, though, that I'm hoping that the tour makes a decision to bring it back and bring back the spectators so people can actually get up close and see what's happening. I mean, I remember seeing Tom Weisskopf make an eagle on the sixth hole there. He, I mean, he, he hit whatever shot he hit, he knocked it in a hole. Nice two. Okay, and then watching guys hit on a short par three and watching the ball spin back. I mean, that was one of the coolest things a kid to watch. Did you see that ball come back? I mean, they're hitting a full sand wedge on the, on the ninth hole, a little downhiller. But if you hit it over the green, you'd be on the next tee. So it it was one of those things. I hope they figured out and somebody makes the sound decision to say they got to be able to bring spectators back in some way because golf courses, there's all kinds of room in there. Talking about having the Masters without spectators and, oh, that would just be I, – I can't see that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm hoping they get their act together and make make the right decision. So. All of us can not just enjoy just golf, but basketball and football. It's like my buddy called me the other day. He says, you know what they did? They closed the tennis court. I said, what do you mean they closed the tennis court? You're, how you, what? You're 60 feet away or wherever far from the other person at least. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit myself in questioning the sanity of some of the decisions that are being made. Joe, you talk about being a kid and, and watching the greats out, out playing in a tournament. Did you have an idol when you were growing up? And w- once you made it out on the Champions Tour, did you find yourself playing with or against some of the idols that you grew up watching? 
Well, my idol growing up from, I just listened to my dad. He's actually in the picture there of him hitting that two iron on the 18th. He was one, he was a guy standing on the tower behind the green. Um, and I have that photo and it was Hogan and I hit Hogan and my first set of irons that I bought was a set of Ben Hogan producers. And I hit Hogan irons until I wore them out. Um, I hit model 88. Actually, I bought a set the one time I asked a guy in Florida. I said, uh, Castleberry, I said, you have much one for that set of clubs. He says, Oh, nobody wants those GD clubs. I said, well, how much? And he said, uh huh. He said, 75. I said, well, you're throwing that two iron. It's back over there in the barrel in the corner. He said, yeah, I'll do that. Well, that set got me on tour and I used them on tour until I wore them out. And, uh, it, so it was Hogan because he had his book and it was like, that's one of the best books to read. To learn the fundamentals it was printed back in 57 and the illustrations are superb and um so it's a very you can get very technical book but actually um i i being uh, and just sitting back with uh, uh jl lewis and watching the other players the fellow competitors and it would be john cook and it would be calcavecchia and it would be you know the list went on of the of, of the players that stand we're sitting there and I, and then we were just talking about his look at his form, look at how he stays right on the spiral like Cook does, man. He stays right on the spiral, turns pow. And and just it 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 was amazing for me to play with these guys and learn how good you could actually get by just stepping back and actually watching from the outside in and then having the opportunity to go out and play with them and compete against them and you know just learn, you know, how good you can personally, personally be. And I'm, I have a lot of respect for those guys because they've all the time and effort and that they have put in to get to the level of proficiency. And it was amazing. Everybody had, you know, there were some similarities, but everybody had their strengths and weaknesses. But geez, they, they had some fundamentals that were just, Unbelievable. I got them, the Hall of Famers that I played with and, and watched how good that they actually, you know, played, but they would miss shots just like the rest of us do too. But it was how they came back and went to the next one and, and their ability to have the forward. Okay. What's next? What's my next shot? You know, and then, and then of course there's short games and getting up and down. I remember watching. Vincente Fernandez get up and down one time. I had about a 10 footer for birdie on this hole and I looked, I said, he's not getting excited. is what I thought. Well, what he does, he hits this little chip, but he didn't, he chipped that into the rough. He chipped it into the heavy rough, bounced it, barely got on the fringe, rolls down, lips out, and he had about a foot. I dropped my club. I started clapping. I was like, Oh my God, that was like <laughs> one of the best shots I'd ever saw. But, um, but just but just to see, I mean, I remember playing with Gary Hallberg there into Boeing out there, and he eagled the 18th hole. We started on the back nine, and then what does he do? He rips driver and hits uh, hybrid or three wood onto the first green, makes another eagle, eagle, eagle. I never saw eagle, eagle before. That um, <laughs> was just impressive. I mean, um, I miss it. I I I really do. There's a lot of people here that do too, and it's not like there's snow on the ground. And, we can go somewhere else and play. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I'd like to see him step up and say, Hey, come on, let's get practical about this and say, open up the golf courses, let people go play golf and, and, and it'll be good for everybody. It'll be a win-win for everybody. 
Joe, I want to get you get some of your memories because when I was looking back okay. over your career, you played out on what's now the Corn Ferry Tour, and you were out there mm-hmm. for the majority of the early parts of the 2000s, 2000 to 2009, yeah. and then 2012, yeah. you you yeah. win a senior major. So you, in a, in a pretty short period of time, you went from being on the Corn Ferry Tour to being a major champion. Did something click? What what happened? What what got you over the hump? Well, I kept playing, um, and then I trained with uh, my coach, my buddy, Sam Randolph, out of Fort Worth, and uh, Jeff Jensen, who lives out in uh, California and Baja sometimes, and they trained me. And I actually upped my training from the physical fitness standpoint and diet standpoint, and I applied myself to it. Um, and you, you, once I made that commitment to do it, that that's where you get your edge. I mean, you can think about it all you want, but you got to have the right kind of training and the right kind of information coming to you to have a basis to build on. And then once you have that, and then you're, of course, you're on the road, then you have to have the personal discipline to be able to stick to your plan on what you do. Like you learn from your chiropractor and your, you know, neuromuscular massage person, what to do to keep your body functional, whether it's your neck or your back or your shoulder, your legs, your hamstrings or whatever, because golf is actually physical, especially with all the travel in there. You're toting your stuff all around, you're in planes and, you know, you're getting dehydrated and and you have to be able to manage that. And I was lucky enough to, you know, have these guys help me with that. And that's what they did. They upped my game by training me and that's how I got my edge. Now, then it came down to the point of endurance. And then, of course, what do we do? We have a tendency to over-practice and then over-wear it out. And then you get fatigued. And and there's a fine line there between how much you can practice or how much you feel like you need to practice. Some guys need to practice a lot, like Tom Kite and DJ and a couple others that really like to practice a lot. That's how they get their edge. But, I mean, from a physical standpoint, then you start, you have an imbalance in your muscles when you actually over-practice. It's actually really good to actually practice using, you know, like for me, left-handed, because then you're working your opposing muscles, and then you don't get fatigue and strains and tears in your muscle because you're actually more balanced uh, and uh, prepared for what you have going. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that some of these guys have had the longevity that they've had, but they figured it out on their own. And they, they all work out because that's the only way to keep, I mean, because if you don't work out, you're going to get run over. You would literally get run over by the guys that do. Like Scott, uh, Scott McCarron, you can just look at that guy and he, you can tell he works out, he trains. And, you know, there's many others that, that uh, do too. And that's how they were able to, you know, maintain their endurance and maintain their edge. When you look at your 2012 season, you got yourself mm-hmm. in contention at the Senior PGA Championship. You shot 66-64 on the weekend. Was that the sort of the first time, you know, in a senior major that you got yourself into that position? And what was it like? It, it Was that a moment for you that said, you know what, I can win a senior major. I can compete with these guys. Or was that already ingrained in you? Well, no, I, actually, Roger Chapman won that PGA, and I had been in qualifiers with him, and I had played with Roger. And um, but it was one of those things that I I qualified for the first event of the year, and I played just uh, I did I, I played okay, and then I qualified for the second event, and I played well, finished twelfth, fifteenth, or something, 
And then that got me into the senior PGA. So, and I was going to all the qualifiers. I was playing and practicing and training, but those qualifiers are tough. You got four spots. I mean, you can go out and shoot, you know, three, four, five under, and you might not get in. And, you know, it might be that you didn't make a bird coming in or you made one bogey coming in, but it is what it is. You have to, but I kept training. I kept training the whole time. And then once I got to the senior PGA, I was on. I mean, I was really training. I went out to California and saw when I mean, he was out there. And uh, and then so when I showed up, I mean, I mean, I was on on my game. I was I, I was playing like I was playing in tournaments, but I was playing well, but I wasn't getting in. And uh, so then I, I actually was well rested. And then when it came time for the players championship, I actually played a practice round with one of the interns there. And, uh, which, uh, was great. You know, I, I, I asked him, I, I said, yeah, show me your golf course. And so he, so he did. And it was great because here's this young kiddo who, you know, yeah, this is how we play it. on this hole. You hit it over those trees right there. You actually just step up and you suck it up and you rip driver over the trees right there and have your shot in or you hit three wood or iron off the tee and then you'll have your long shot in and i hit driver every day and hit the fairway well actually i hit it through the fairway the last day and hit sand wedge in that's how far i hit it but it was one of those things that you learn to prepare because you got to prepare for not not just you know the the uh, competition but the own emotion that you know, you'll experience yourself in managing that. And that's where the training kicks in, where the training is what allows you to manage that better so you can do what you can do the next day. So to that end, when you're playing in the final round of a senior players championship and, and the names on the leaderboard are some of the greatest players of all time. I mean, Tom Lehman, our good friend, Olin Brown, Mark Kalkovecchia, mm-hmm. Fred Couples, Bernard Longer. From a mental side, yeah. Were you just ready to win? Did or did, did any of those names, any of those guys, bother you? That wow, look at I'm on the leaderboard with these guys. No, I had played with them all before, and I knew them. And really, they weren't even my competition. I was my competition. My own expectations, my own well, I guess well, how however you would put it into words, but I, I mean, I took them out of the equation because it was all just me against the golf course. And how I could handle it in my own mind. And I mean, that's true for all golfers, men, women, doesn't matter. I mean, how good can you be? I mean, well, just because that's the challenge of the game. And the the better that you can do that, and then, you know, just have the best attitude going into the next shot. How good can you do that? Take golf out of the equation. I mean, how good can you have the best attitude on the next tee or your next shot? And then just keep doing that. And regardless, let the number be what it'll be at the end of the day and then crunch the number at the end of the day. Make that be the standard. And then, you know, you would have done all you could have done. Joe, uh, just a couple more before I let you go. And and I wanted to pass along a message that uh, former producer on the Golf Channel, Keith Hirschland, who's another great friend mm-hmm. of the show earlier today, I let him know that uh, I put out on social media that you were going to be coming on the show. and. Keith wanted me to pass along his uh, his hello to you. Said that um, oh, you were one of the great guys that they enjoyed covering. That they used to refer to you as the conductor because of the way you used to wear your hat. But that uh, you were one of their favorites uh, when when you got when they would do a, a golf tournament and you were playing. Do you remember getting to know any yeah. of those guys at the Golf Channel? 
I remembered them all. They all were great. I always enjoyed chatting with them and stuff. And, and I mean, those are the guys that don't get thanked enough because they, you know, they're the guys who are out there in the weather and stuff and putting up with the heat and weather and rain and being on the ground with the camera. I mean, it's cool though. I mean, they've, they've really done a lot for the game doing what they do. So, Joe, one more before I let you go, but uh, just let everybody know, what are you up to now? What am I up to now? Well, yeah, actually, I'm uh, I'm giving golf instruction here. Well, I'm not right at the moment. I'm not. But I actually started <laughs> my, own, uh, home ser- my own home service company. And plus, I build uh, uh, artificial turf practice greens and tees. And uh, I'm getting into uh, home water filtration. And... Um, doing repairs and stuff. I've owned houses. I know how to do electrical work and sheetrock and you name it. If I can't do it, I'll find somebody who can. But um, I'm into that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why I bought this old truck so I could fix it up and go out and and have a life here where my family is. That's awesome. Joe, how can our listeners, if they want to stay up to date with you, do you, are you online? Are you on social media? Is there a way for our folks to uh, keep up with the things you're doing? I'm not on social media, but I have my own uh, website, joedailygolf.com, and um, I can contact you. Uh, uh, you can contact me there. And uh, also, I'm, I'm, I'm missing uh, last year. I taught the uh, Salute Military Golf Association down there in all in Olney, Maryland, and the PGA Hope Program up here in Harrisburg and Ben Salem, too. And uh, I'm kind of missing that because I really enjoyed those guys. I'm hoping they start that up really soon. Well, Joe, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. It's always a pleasure getting to spend some time with you. I hope you'll do it again sometime soon. Will do, Chris. Thank you. Take care, Joe. Stay, stay, stay safe. All the best to you and your family. Thanks, Chris. You too, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. That's Joe Daly, D-A-L-E-Y. Joe Daly Golf is his website, and he's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to catching up with Joe again soon.